Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Get Geek Podcast, where we celebrate geek, nerd, and pop culture. Each week, we deliver the best analysis for fans, by fans, on anything related to movies, TV, video games, comics, anime, and manga. We talk geek. And now, here's the Get Geek Podcast. Hey guys. What a way to start. Hello internet. Hello, hello sniffly nose. Welcome <laughs> to the Get Geek podcast. What's going on y'all? I am Jose. This is Wolfie. AJ. Eli. And this is Flag Smasher Walt. And this is a Kleenex napkin joining us to clean up the beginning (laughs) of the episode. What is going on, y'all out there? Again, welcome to the Get Geek podcast. Before we get started, we definitely have a great double episode for you this week. Uh, But first, our usual disclaimers. We are recording remotely, as always. So if there are any sound issues or artifacts with the podcast, please let us know. You can send some feedback to Instagram at GetGeekPodcast. And of course, you can definitely support your favorite podcast by doing a thing. Like, rate, share, and subscribe to your favorite podcast. You can find us where all your favorite podcasts are sold. So please do us a favor and like rate share and subscribe to the get geek podcast all right, all right. moving along uh yeah what's what's this little episode we're talking about today so we got a double header going on indeed we got a double header for you guys we're going to talk about uh the falcon and the winter soldier but first we're going to be discussing um mortal combat the long-awaited... <laughs> Clearly, you guys planned this. <laughs> Finish him. The the long-awaited uh, return of the franchise to the uh, silver screen. So, indeed, uh, right? It's silver screen for the big one, yeah? Yeah. 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 Silver screen right, cool. and so, HBO Max screens. Where did where did everybody check it out? I saw it on HBO Max. Didn't didn't somebody didn't one of us go to the I went to the theater. What? Yeah. It's my first trip to the theater. Oh and it gosh. was awesome in all its gloriousness. Uh with the exception of being, you know, told that I have to wear a mask the entire time. Yeah. So that kind of mm. that kind of yeah. Um that I didn't necessarily understand because like, you know, we have six feet clear left and right and front and back Mm -hmm. because of the way they set everything up. Mm -hmm. Um, But we'll talk a little bit about like my experience and stuff like that in a bit. Um, What did, what did everyone think of the film? What did the boys think of Mortal Kombat? What did AJ think about Mortal Kombat? Knowing how like deep he is on Mortal Kombat. He's probably our resident expert. on. So me and Eli were actually talking about it a little bit yesterday. We couldn't help ourselves a little bit. (laughs) fine whatever a little bit (laughs) yeah so um okay here's the thing there i love love it when he starts with here's the thing (laughs) there at first well to be honest i don't mind it because i can see what they're probably gonna do with this but in retrospect i kind of feel like they used too many characters for a non-tournament movie. Yeah. 
what they should have done was they should have had one dude either hired by Outworld or sent from Outworld to go and try and pick off Earthrealm's fighters, which sometimes they do. And then that'll be like the opening to, okay, so that happened. Oh, my God, what are we going to do? These kinds of guys are out there. And then, you know, there is one thing we can do. Yeah. Fight. Mm. Tournament. And, you know, you know, something like that. And so here's where the issue now comes in. Eli specifically, right, had a problem with how many people died. How many people died? And to his credit, it makes sense for some characters, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, Spoiler alert. Full disclaimer. Go watch the movie now or else it's on you. Okay, here we go. Sub-Zero dying. Totally understandable. Next generation of Sub-Zero comes in. You get Noob Saibot later. Mm -hmm. Fine. Prince Goro dying. That was pretty early. We got to talk about that. That's got to be a segment on its own. Yeah. Yeah. I have a lot to say. Otherwise, other guys. No, Kung Lao. Yeah, I'm gonna get to that. Yeah. Other guys like Kung Lao, I again maybe a little early, but I can see where they're going there. Yeah. Or AJ, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Doesn't he um, die in the games as well as a catalyst for something? Yes, you, you he know does more. die in the game. Well, the yeah. ori- the original Kung Lao. Yes. Yeah. 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 It's it's uh it's it's like a catalyst for the story. So I agree. I can see why he was chosen for this particular death. I guess to say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kano dying. To be honest, it makes sense. <laughs> he, he's not. Little bit, he's, yeah. He's big in some ways, but he's not like this super huge like guy like Goro or Shang Tsung. He's foil for Sonya Blade. Yeah. Basically. Mm-hmm. And as far as deaths go, those are the only ones that I guess were the most impactful. I mean, Cabal, again, that's another one-off character. There's still a whole entire host of Outworld characters you can ring in. Reptile. But basically, what I'm trying to get at, and I'll throw this to Eli, since I know I'm talking a lot now. Um, the reason why I think they killed some of these characters off is because Netherrealm doesn't have the fullest roster. And Mortal Kombat is a tournament between all the realms. I mean, you haven't seen a lot of Chaos Realm. That'd be pretty cool to see. But generally, it is between Earth Realm, Outworld, and Netherrealm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how do you bolster Netherrealm's ranks? Well, introduce the Revenants. And that's my two cents on that aspect of the movie. Now, okay. Eli, what do you, you mean? Your fifty cents? <laughs> 50 cents. <laughs> I I was uh, a little bit more harsher to the movie. Uh, actually, I was a lot more harsher to the movie. Uh, it sucked, and I think that it sucked. It, yes, it sucked. Oh my gosh! Okay, in terms of a video game adaptation, that was a straight A plus. But for a regular movie, it sucked. It was not good. Okay. Because it felt just like so rushed. Like uh, AJ said, 
too many characters were dying, and I felt that yes, there may be a way to like bring them back and stuff, but it's just too early to do stuff like that because you don't want to be killing characters off, and then let's just say, oh, let's just justify their deaths with let's just turn them into zombies for the next movie, and that just seems too early and stuff. And okay, the plot wasn't even too too good in my opinion. I felt the Hanzo Hasashi portion that uh, that segment was like really really on point and i really love that section but like everything else it was just like meh and uh cole young what the frick was he there for i don't get it but anyway anyway um walt or whoever wants to go um okay yeah yeah, go walt okay i'll go um i kind of i kind of agree with a lot of what eli said um it was interesting that Warner Brothers decided to drop the first seven minutes of the movie because, in my opinion, those first seven movies were the highlight of the movie. I mean... The first seven minutes. Yeah, the yeah. first seven minutes. Yeah. That that whole piece with Sub-Zero and, um, quote-unquote, Hanzo, Hanzo Asashi, uh, Hashashi, right? Hasashi. Hasashi, yeah. I'm sorry. Scorpion? That really, when I saw that part, I was like, wow, we're going to be in for something special. And then the rest of the movie happened. And and I was I was pretty disappointed. The plot was non-existent for me. Um, and again, Cole Young, what in the world was he there for? I yeah. mean, literally, you could have had a dozen characters from the Mortal Kombat movie, um, for the Mortal Kombat universe, and put him in that role. You didn't need him. He played, you know, first of all, his costume when he changed was horrendous, you know? Yeah, it looked cheap. It, it, it was just he really served no point whatsoever. You want to say that he's kind of like the surrogate for the audience? Fine, I get it. But you know what? Don't don't dumb us down by putting this guy on the screen and saying that he's going to be leading us through this universe because you know what? It made no sense whatsoever. I will say this. The choreography was good. Um, anybody who's a fan of the games, you got what you wanted with some of the fatalities, the the gore mm-hmm. and all that other yeah. stuff. But that plot, especially given how much lore there is for Mortal Kombat, that plot was sub-standard. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say sub-zero. I know, I know. I left it hanging there. Uh, what do you guys think? Um, I, I, uh, I think that, uh, so again, I do agree with a lot of the stuff that you guys are talking about. I want to really, really talk about Goro, but I want to leave that for a separate segment. I kind of want to talk about Goro because I feel like the, the way that what happened with Goro is a huge deal in my opinion. And I want, that's, I, you know, after we're done giving our opinions, I think that's the first thing we got to tackle, to be Mm -hmm. honest. Um, but personally, I, I I agree with you. The first seven minutes of the film was amazing. When I saw the trailers, I thought that you know I was for sure in my head. I'm like, oh man, we're gonna get the we're gonna get the Scorpion Sub Zero whole storyline backstory, the whole nine, you know, the the Hanzo Hasashi, you know, story and everything, and and it was phenomenal, you know. Yeah. And yeah, we got the rest of the movie, and then this is where I have the biggest issues with the movies. Like, yes, there was a lot of like. Personally, I feel like plot was a little bit too thin, you know, considering how much lore there is. 
some characters were like overacted and some underacted. I think like Liu Kang's character was very, very over the top, especially from the very beginning. I felt like the way that he was portraying Liu Kang was just too over the top. And then Sonya Blade, I felt was a little underacted, you know, as far as like the quality. Because to me, when you overact and under, that breaks that the 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 the, the realism for me. It just I can tell that they're amateurs, right? The choreography was awesome, um, and I don't agree with a lot of the deaths. And my biggest issue that I had was how they did this quote unquote tournament, you know. I, I, I think it was, sure, like, oh, they don't want to do a tournament. We're going to bring the tournament to them. That, I think, worked cool as a plot device. But then we get basically the whole tournament in five minutes. It wasn't you know really I mean? even a tournament, if you yeah. think about it. Yeah. yeah, no, they just they just, they just just jumped them. Yeah, you know, that, like one-on-one jump them. That's it. You know? <laughs> yeah. They found them in an hour. And, and it's kind of funny that it's like, all right, Shang Tsung, like he's not playing by the rules. But it's like, yo, Raiden, you can send anyone anywhere, right? AKA not play by the rules either. <laughs> you know? So, yeah, I don't know. He, he plays the moral high ground. So Yeah, he just decided to like go down that high ground a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So, Raiden, for me, Raiden, Raiden was a cool character. One of the things that breaks the movie yeah. for me is how his powers work because his ability to teleport people could have worked at any point in the movie. What are the rules behind that? Can he not do it for certain reasons? Like at the end, Shang Tsung shows up and he just sends him away like, ah, get out of my house, dude. Like he like teleports him away like nothing. This is something he I think probably it's the whole moral at some I point. think it's the whole moral high ground kind right. of thing that Walter says. Like he's choosing not to because he's trying to play by the Mortal Kombat rules. Yeah, they're know? not supposed to get involved. Uh, he, I yeah. think he mentioned that a couple of times in the, in the yeah. movie. Yeah, he got involved on the other hand. every turn, though. His characterization, he was always involved from the very beginning. Training people was getting involved. Doing all that stuff was getting involved. He was involved. Well, like well, so, he, so his characterization he was, was that training. way yeah. off for me. Like it was, you, like, you know what? None Actually, of that made sense to me. His his whole. And I, I think I think that it does make sense the way that they did it because. The the tournament didn't actually officially happen, and he's not supposed to. He's not supposed to get involved in the tournament. But outside of that, I think that's I think that's how they justified it. No, it's weak. It's really weak. Yeah. It no, is weak. It, it is weak. That's the whole thing about this movie. The plot the logic is kind of weak. The exactly. logic behind how he makes those decisions is very weak to me. And and mm-hmm. and the the idea that they're not supposed to get involved, sure, but like they all, everybody in the movie breaks that rule several times not just shang Tsung. like they all kind of break that rule yeah and and the other thing like for me with the film that seems like a missed opportunity is you guys all said the first few minutes are pretty freaking awesome right um i want to comment that that i actually think that the movie we saw like last year the animated movie scorpion's revenge oh yeah does it better even though i thought mm-hmm. that the scorpion sub-zero storyline was good in this one i thought that movie did it better i thought it was I'm gonna I'm gonna give away the ghost at this point and say that I thought that was actually a better movie overall. Um, it was, yeah. And and the thing that I that I also kind of kind of messed me up in this movie, I have to say, is the fight choreography, as Walt said, is really really good. The yeah. the direction was terrible, and I'll give you an example. Yes, I'll give you an example. Yep. Yes, when Sub Zero and Scorpion are fighting at the end of the film. 
and they're they're kind of fighting over the spear. They're kind of wrapping each other up in the spear and like tossing each other around. There's that point where kind of Scorpion like wraps the the spear around and tosses Sub Zero, and it seems like a small thing, but you see him wrap the spear around his wrist, and then you see Sub Zero go through the wall. You don't see any of the like moment in between that that gives that moment more like I don't know like something more kinetic for that action scene. So there's a lot of moments like that in the movie where they do these weird cuts and like again great choreography but they just don't film it right they don't give it the the power that it deserves and as sort of a final point to kind of reference it based on those first seven minutes the first seven minutes i was excited about in the same way i'm kind of excited about what i've seen so far from the shang chi trailer it looks like they're taking a lot of influence or at least in in mortal Kombat in the beginning it felt like they were taking a lot of influence from like asian cinema asian martial arts cinema which I thought would have been sick for Mortal Kombat. I thought it would have been great to like kind of mix those two genres together. And they like kind of did that at the beginning and then didn't deliver on that promise. I feel like, Mm -hmm. and I hope Shang-Chi does that because that's what, one of the reasons I'm really excited about it from the trailer so far. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, it was, it was fun. I don't, I don't agree with Eli that it was like really, really bad or really crappy. I enjoyed it. I'd probably watch it again. It's probably like right on that cusp for me because there's some parts that I really did enjoy but it just gets progressively worse, honestly, as the movie goes on. It starts off really well, and then it kind of like fails on that promise by the end. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I agree with you on that. I like, I, I, I thought personally, I actually thought all the action was really, really good. The choreography was awesome. Mm-hmm. I also wanted to point out, like, I love the little callbacks, like Liu Kang wearing the uh, the original like costume from the very first Mortal Kombat. Mm-hmm. Um, the the uh sorry i'm i'm seeing like something in front of me i have no idea i'm sorry to cut that out later <laughs> i got distracted from my thought no um the um the the little thing that like uh when they first do it started doing the training and they were doing the sweeps and it was like is that the only movie you got they're basically recreated like the video game like how like <laughs> noobs play the video game do your uppercut you know you know you know, not just that, not just the uppercut, but like the sweep, like like jumping over the sweep, jumping over the sweep, and then making them miss and then sweeping them anyway is just like the original mm-hmm. video game. I love that. Mm-hmm. But Goro was one of the biggest letdowns for me. We're talking about in the very first game. I don't know if you guys remember playing Goro back then, but it was like near impossible to beat Goro in the arcade. It was practically impossible. And then the first movie, the first Mortal Kombat movie, you know, made Prince Goro you know the, the one of the, the the hardest just destroying tossing people left and right <laughs> and then in this one also kind of presented that way prince goro thank you for you know uh thank shao Kahn for allowing his blood to you know uh to to join in the fight and this that, and the other and then he gets beat by the new guy outside of the tournament before the climax of the movie even happened fairly easily too. before he realized what his power was to begin with. before he even yeah exactly before goro could even speak almost yeah he you know had it, nearly no yeah. lines in this movie it's it was funny to me because like i know that this is supposed to be mortal Kombat. i know we're supposed to suspend some disbelief and that there was some supernatural elements to this but you can't tell me like when i felt that that Cole getting his face punched in by Goro didn't make sense before he got his power, and she should have just had his head smashed in at that point. Like, Goro Goro could have crushed him. That's what I wanted to see, kind of like Goro, at least really maybe injure him, something. 
but he was punching him in the face, holding him up in the air, like choking him, and it was just like getting punched him, by a regular him. guy. Yeah, oh, yeah. Like forget. like Kano he's, flung he's flung Sonya as far from, at one point for, in the fight. You forget he's descended from Scorpion. Yeah, yeah, I know, Ooh. but like. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. saying? But like, there was wow. no inkling that he had that ability. I mean, we're supposed to like yeah. obviously believe in it, but it's still there was still something wrong with that mm-hmm. moment for me. You know what yeah. I mean? Like yeah, absolutely. You know, maybe he could have gotten punched like kind of a little bit, and then we could have seen him get his power, and then get, Goro could have pounded on him to add a little more dramatic elements to the fight. But when he was getting pounded on early on, it just seemed weird to me, even though I'm supposed to suspend that disbelief. Yeah. So, yo, what do you guys think of? the characters powers and how they worked because i was a i was very on the edge about that especially cole young yeah especially during that fight with goro no but also like kano and sonya blade get it yeah oh well yeah yeah the way they get it is weird oh my god i i hate it (laughs) i hate it so much just looking at cole young and even eli and, and aj mentioned that when he first got it did we think that he was he was getting like this wakanda type suit where the kinetic energy yes. would yeah. go, but yeah. then they never went back to that. Yeah, what yeah. It was like, why is it that? turning red? You just why is it like it glowing at the end of the fight, and then did like a cool punch or whatever, and won. Hey, whatever. Is there any AJ? Is there any reference to anything like this in Mortal Kombat lore? As our resident Mortal Kombat expert, technically there is precedent. I thought I thought there was. Yeah, there must. Be. And that's how I was like, wait a minute, do I know this character from an older Mortal Kombat? I don't know. Well, no, it's not so much that it's a character, but the way they're introducing having specific arcanas. Yeah. They technically did play with that, but only with one or two characters in Mortal Kombat X. Because in the very beginning of the story in Mortal Kombat X, Shinnok is invading Earthrealm. And... One of the things that happens is, so you know, everyone's invading, and it finally falls to Johnny Cage, of all people, to fight Shinnok. Mm-hmm. Ends up turning out that he unlocks a power there mm-hmm. and beats Shinnok. But- it's not exactly the same, but to say that there haven't been characters in Mortal Kombat unlocking some, si- some kind of bizarre ability isn't, uh, that, that's never happened before it has. Taking it to this level, though, I, I don't know. Because I kind of like Kano's whole, like, metal eye. Yeah, Which we never got in this movie. Yeah, yeah. no. Yeah. yeah. What, what's what the, the way I reconcile this, and again, when you have to do this with movies, it shows you poor screenwriting. The, the way I reconcile this is that you can't have these guys running around with powers because then, you know, it, it kind of... They're basically superheroes. So, you know, having them, quote unquote, turn on because the term tournament is coming, I guess you can make a case for yeah. that. Yeah. But again, if you have to reach to get to that point without the movie informing you of that, then that is a failure on the movie's part because they're not telling you the reason why. It's just, oh, guess what? You've been branded. Now we're going to turn on your powers because the tor- tournament is, is close. You know, you, you didn't get that sense. You know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah that's another it, thing. I don't like how how closed doors they're making the tournament. Like before, you had what you had and you went in with that. 
It's not mm-hmm. like you had to have this thing and you had to have a power or else you were going to fail. Sonya Blade in the games doesn't have any powers. Yeah. She just has all these yeah, cool gadgets yeah. she uses. Johnny Cage doesn't even that's, have powers. But that, well, that's, you're wrong. That's, that's also what always made Mortal Kombat. That's also what always just made talked Mortal about Kombat cool. Mortal Kombat 10. Johnny that's, Cage? What? Were you not listening? <laughs> I thought you were talking about somebody else. No, I literally Cage. said Johnny Cage, bro. What? Johnny Cage got powers? Yes. <laughs> what? What powers? <laughs> he basically has this like green. Uh, I, I don't the know how to orb. explain. It. Oh God, yeah. Forget guys, it. guys this is this is so this is my household every night. So just so you know. <laughs> so so that's you know that's um. You know, kind of a one of the things that always made Mortal Kombat cool as far as the story and lore goes is that like here they're invading Earth. That's like this weakling kind of world and just these normal humans and stuff like that. And they end up defying the odds. Right. Like normal humans that are beating, you know, these otherworldly, you know, kind of, you know, monsters, basically and stuff. But like now when you turn it into like, hey, like just like AJ said that you you have to be chosen and you have to unlock your arcana, you basically have to kind of stop being a representing the normal human race, you know? So it kind of disconnects from that. It makes it less special. It's silly. You know, it's like they're so. super Saiyans mixed with Highlanders. They get angry or they kill somebody. <laughs> and like, that's how oh, they yeah. get their powers. Cause that's Kano yeah. got angry. Right. And Sonya got her power when she killed Kano. Oh yeah. The, the, the whole other thing that like, there's a special kind of, there's something very specific that has to happen. Yeah. It's actually, yeah. It's like, it's like super Saiyan. Something has to happen for you to, Turn it to, to unlock your power. Yeah, I, I, I also got his power when his family was under threat, right? It was like watching Krillin yeah. get blown up by Frieza, and Kano just got mad. <laughs> and he was like, I'm angry. No, now. I gotta say about He's like, right. you know, I gotta say something about Kano. And this I like is Kano, gonna though, maybe actually. like ang- yeah, it's gonna anger some people though, I feel like. Um, but the way that I saw it, I was like, you know, obviously the way that it worked, he 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 was being very derogatory and you know, he was being racist. <laughs> And they saw that as a moment to like, hey, let's use this to unlock his power and stuff. Yeah. So when I saw that, I was like, did this movie just encourage racism? Because <laughs> they, they enabled wow. it in order for him to get his arcana. Only if you, lose think about Only if you learn it. a lesson from it, I guess, or unlock powers <laughs> from it. And then it didn't even pay off because obviously, which is, you know, I, I, I was I would have been surprised if he actually did stay on Earth side. I thought that that would have been a cool kind of, you know, yeah. change like, yeah. you know, let's 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 keep him, you know. But he did the predictable, like, yeah. you know, stab him in the back. He's a mercenary. He's Kano. It's what Kano does. It would have been fun if he did, um, if he so stayed around and betrayed them later. I think that would have been more fun. It would have been yeah, a better him, character him arc. Jumping back and forth, right? Yeah. It should have happened. It should have happened in the actual tournament. I think that the way the story should have worked was, you know, the Mortal, they wanted to, like, start Mortal Kombat before they were ready and all that stuff. Um, not try to kill them before Mortal Kombat actually happens, you know? <laughs> yeah. and, and the way they could have done that is, like, you know, Kano forces the tournament to start. They could have done something different. And, of course, we're talking yeah. about the, the obvious sequel that they set up here because they end the movie yeah, on yeah. the idea that the, that the tournament still hasn't happened. Raiden's still alive. Shang Tsung is still alive. He's all like, yeah. nah, I'm going to come back and destroy you, which well, is technically yeah. there's supposed okay. to be like four more movies, right? Yeah, they said. Yeah, that the, dude, the, 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 the dude that played uh, Bihana signed up for four, Joe, four total or no, four, four more. more. Joe Talzin mm-hmm. is his name. Mm-hmm. And and it's um and. And that includes like spinoffs, right? 
because I think I read something that they, that it's like Mortal Kombat movies and spinoffs. Possible. I don't know. So yeah, we're going to have like a Sub-Zero Hopefully. movie. And, like it'd be, you know, this could be rectified if this is a setup, like an appetizer to open up like a Scorpion movie and a Sub-Zero movie to then kind of retell, like actually dive into those stories without diving into uh, the Mortal Kombat lore itself. Don't, don't you think, I think that'd be cool. Don't you think it would have been better served to start with that instead of starting with this? Yeah. Um, that well, it, it's the it's thing kinda, is kind of like we're 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 looking at it almost like in a DC world where it's like the first thing we get is Batman versus Superman before we even introduce Batman. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's true. You know? uh, but the thing is, like in that, it doesn't necessarily work because I feel like uh, everyone does know Batman and stuff. Whereas I know, not Batman. everyone, not everyone really knows Mortal Kombat. Well, you know, and- like. That's why I say maybe they yeah. should have been better served starting with uh, a Scorpion or Sub-Zero or yeah. both, you know, to yeah. kind of introduce everybody to the whole Mortal Kombat thing. You know, the people that are still on the fence are on the property and stuff. And then you can build on that. You've already yeah. started from a very, very positive place because I think everybody here agrees the Sub-Zero Scorpion thing is probably the meatiest Yes, part absolutely. Of Mortal Kombat. So, yes. I think if that was the case, maybe you should have started there first. Yeah, yeah. a lot of this was just mainly fan service. Like, uh, there's yeah, a part where, true. like, uh, the amulet of Shinnok, which basically sets up the entire story. As yeah. Of right now. And it's like, yeah. nobody knows what the hell that is, but we had to point it out just to, like, mm-hmm. yeah. Honestly, I think, I think all that stuff will be pointed out. I know, but. Yeah, but that would have been something good to go over in like a Scorpion and Sub Zero movie because in Scorpion's backstory, the reason why he gets killed is because Quan Chi, uh, like a a stooge of Shinnok, basically hires Sub Zero to off right. his family. Right. So like you could saw. have in played Scorpion's with the right. notion there, like you see Quan Chi holding it and it's like it's all part of scheme i don't know something like that <laughs> well aj i have a question for you because i have another possible direction that i would have liked to have seen this movie go even that would have maybe expanded mortal Kombat a little bit better have any of the games or storylines taken place before the 10th tournament like have they ever shown the eighth the ninth, like any of the previous tournaments or any of the backstory because that might be interesting i mean that's just my opinion like maybe they could expand on what the ninth tournament one. was you know, technically, that would have been the first few games, because right. if I remember correctly, the original Kung Lao actually didn't have the hat. He was actually a Liu Kang type. So that was and that Kung Lao actually, interestingly enough, is referenced in the older Mortal Kombat movie. Hmm, so, okay. like, they play with that there. So. Technically, you could have done something like that here. That's, but. that's. I think that would have been a, a slightly better way to to start off the series because then you don't have to use all of the signature characters like a lot of the ones that they used in this movie. You could save them yeah. for the fans. Yeah. Might be a good way to do it. I don't know if you guys think that would work. But um, oh, I just wanted to mention the one one cool Easter egg that I noticed very quickly. Did you guys guys notice oh. when Jax uh, asked Cole Young about? About beating the champion Eddie Tobias. The, yes, yeah, yeah, that was a cool reference to the creators. 
anyways yeah, yeah i just yeah. i felt like i needed to say that because i thought that was kind of kind of cool yeah oh, uh, Raicho is canon Boraicho is here the drunken master <laughs> Well, it's a shame because they also teased Nightwolf, but he looks oh, like really? he was part of a past tournament. Uh, yeah. yeah, he looked like he was killed. He was the one that was uh, like uh, Kano killed him and got the, uh, the 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 mark. So, and and you know what? I'm glad you brought that up because that's the one question I wanted to ask you guys before we wrap up. Did anybody have an issue with the fact that if you kill somebody, you get the mark? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I, I think I, that I just, whole system is. I have like, an issue with the mark. Like the well, yeah, but even even that, but but it's even it's it's even worse. It's magnified by the fact that if you kill the supposed champion of Earth, you then become the champion of Earth. Like the whole point is that this is an exclusive event, exactly. but now you're making it so that the very people you want to keep out are now in. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I mean, I guess the logic follows that if you're strong yeah. enough to kill one of Earth's champions, then, hey, you should be a champion. But what if it's, like, but then somebody if, like Kano? But then if you were strong enough to beat the champion, then why did the Mark choose the other person in the first place? It's a very bad system. Um, I, 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 like, I, I'll, you know, I think that, you know, I want to get into our final points before we move on to the next uh, mm-hmm. topic and all that. But uh, just on that, uh, the whole... You know, thing with the mark. I think it, it works from a business standpoint. If Mortal Kombat, the tournament is a business, how do you keep the tournament going? By keep making sure that the uh, the the mark passes on, so there's a new champion to like have to be a new tournament. You know what I mean? All the time. So does the mark pass on to other world and another realm, or is it just a uh, to it, Earth realm? No, I think I think it I think it does, doesn't it? And so then the less champions that you have on that realm, the easier it is to win the tournament and take over the realm. Yeah, that's mm. a flood because what happens if one side gets mm. wiped out completely? Then you have no champions. I, Mortal Kombat isn't necessarily fair. <laughs> Mortal I Kombat. Know that. That. I, I, think for, I think for Raiden, <laughs> it's motivation enough that, that they're going to like completely overtake earth realm and like kill everybody and take over like i think that's yeah. enough motivation i don't think you need a mark from a business standpoint exactly. in, in general when you when everybody's gonna die if you don't no, no 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 not from a business not from a business as a film and a pro no, i'm saying like as, as the like more in its world business. yeah in in its world right like in, in, in the lore. how do you how do you keep mortal kombat going the other thing to too, kill everybody no no <laughs> but the, the other way. thing too <laughs> Yeah, but then, like, why have a tournament in the, at all then? Because I think having that, if, if we think about it, hold on, hold on. If we think about it, if we listen, listen, <laughs> it, exactly. If we think about it, this is a very, very dumb idea. It's like, hey, like, I, I, I am in control of all these other realms, and I can in, just invade I have giant armies. But I have to have a stupid tournament in secret. Who no, made this tournament? Who's God's idea was this? You have to win, and you have to roll. Exactly. Yeah, that's yeah, the thing. Yeah. It's not exactly. the so, like, tournament. so let's let's not Destiny let's not let's opponent. not kid ourselves and and say that like it doesn't make sense or Mortal Kombat in general doesn't make sense. <laughs> anyway, I'll use that as my final thought and um, my rating. I think that this movie was a solid seven. To be honest with you, I think that the action was really good. I think that the uh, that some storyline setups were. I think that the movie was set up clearly to develop a universe. You know, um, maybe not as well done, but then again, maybe they don't have DC and Marvel money to do a really well set up universe. 
and I definitely am going to rewatch this probably one or two more times easily just because I did have fun, even though a lot of it was kind of crappy. Um, and, uh, but yeah, I'll give it a seven and, um, definitely going to rewatch. So, uh, Jose. Yeah. So I, I want to use, I use a similar system in terms of rating as you do. I feel like if something gets like a, a six and a half, <clears throat> uh, or higher, it's worth a rewatch. And if it gets anything lower than that, it's, it's barely worth a rewatch or if anything, it's worth maybe watching moments from it. Um, so this is going to get a six and a half from me. It's not a bad movie. Um, it's it's better than I expected, to be honest with you, because like we've kind of all said, Mortal Kombat, it's a fun story, but it doesn't make a lot of sense. So setting it up in a movie can be difficult, which is something that clearly they had challenges with in this movie. So it, it was a solid six and a half for me. Um, I think the the special effects were a little rough at times, too, which was a little weird for me. I thought they were good, really good at some points and then really bad at other points <clears throat> goro um yeah and yeah again the fight choreography was good some of the dialogue choices were weird i think wolfie mentioned this earlier thematically there was a lot of difference between certain characters or maybe this was kind of tying into what you said about underacting and overacting that made yeah. things weird because then you had a character like kano who yeah he was over the top weird you know silly kind of cliche but i enjoyed him and then you had yeah. a character like sonya like you said who was kind of boring you know, or Jax, Very. who was really boring, who could have been way, he was way cooler in the games. Jax is so much cooler, yeah, and he was yeah. just pretty boring in this game. He was basically on a hospital bed for like half of the movie. So there's potential there. They flubbed a few things. I can see a better movie in the future if they balance out some of the things that they did a little bit wrong on this one. Um, so yeah, for me, it's a solid six and a half. Um, Eli. What did you think oh. of this movie? Well, you oh, guys, God. No, Here no, no, we no. go. No. Well, you <laughs> guys sort of changed, surprisingly enough, you guys sort of changed my opinion on it being terrible. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it, it had its highlights. I mean, it, it wasn't a totally bad movie, but, I mean, it was still pretty bad. So I'll give it like a 5 out of 10. That's pretty fair, right? That's pretty fair. That's that's fair. that's, that's, that's more fair than I thought you were yeah. gonna be. I thought we were in the twos here with with Eli. Yeah. Oh, All right, and I guess I'll go next. Um. Uh. Again, I'm gonna pretty much echo what everyone else has said here. They had some really great moments, and there were some really nice little Easter eggs. That I was like. They're gonna do this probably, but then there were other things, other decisions they made that just kind of they, they were not good, and they kind of it, it. I wanted to enjoy this movie so much more, but uh, and I did enjoy it a lot at first, but now kind of going through it, it's kind of muckied my my outlook on it. <laughs> so um. I don't know. Uh, I was going to give it a seven. No, you know what? I think I'll stick with seven because I still really did enjoy it. But were it not for that and all the mistakes they made, I was like this close to giving it a 6.5. But I'm going to keep it at seven. It's just half a mark. <laughs> Pretty right. close. Yeah. I'm going to bring up the rear on this one. 
and I'm going to put my black hat on um, because I, I find the comments on on our reviews interesting, especially in the light of the comments that we had for Godzilla versus Kong, because I find that this movie is similar in the same points, but there was a little bit more hate for Godzilla versus Kong than this one. Uh, we can we can, I can go down the line with this plot points not great action highlight the reason why we watch a mortal combat movie is the fights whereas over here mortal combat the movie we're like yeah this was pretty decent i'll watch it again whereas godzilla versus kong it's like nah don't need to watch it again Hmm. so like i said i'm putting on my black hat here that being (laughs) said though um, I did expect a lot more of this movie, especially after those seven minutes. Those seven minutes by far teased a spectacular version of Mortal Kombat. And then the rest of the movie let us down spectacularly. Um, I, I, again, all the reasons that I, I mentioned before, plot points were sporadic at best and disappointing given the fact that Mortal Kombat has so much lore to grab from, and you still couldn't put something that made sense onto the film. Um, Again, the action grabbed us. You know, the Easter eggs and the callbacks to the game grabbed us. You know, the choreography was good. Just like Jose said before, the directorship of the film, Spotty, um, I'm going to go with a 6.5 for this film. And I will watch it again. But it's not... I, I will say this. Um, I rewatched the original one, and the plot in that one is way, way more coherent yeah. than yes. this one. All right. Well, there you have it. Indeed. Uh, anyway, <clears throat> we're going to... We're gonna, you know, break for a little ad real quick before we bring to the come to the next topic. Indeed, and our, we're we're still not we're still working on our super professional ads. So our ad is about to kick in in three, two, one. Yeah, y'all. Just a couple of quick mentions <laughs> as before. <laughs> we are recording remotely, so if you hear any sound issues or artifacts, or you think my voice is particularly annoying. Go to Get Geek Podcast on Instagram. Give us some feedback. Let us know. Feedback is awesome. We always, always, always appreciate it. And as always, the best way to support your favorite podcast crew is to like, rate, share, and subscribe to the Get Geek Podcast. You can find us where all of your favorite podcasts are sold. So please support the crew by liking, rating, sharing, and subscribing. Cool. So next topic. Of our double double header is the series finale or season finale because we don't know if we're gonna have like a uh, like uh, another season, right? Look at this! Look at this! These guys, these guys are awesome. They're, they're like <laughs> again, guys. We're working on our production, you know. So we 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 have foley artists bump and um as you can tell hopefully from that uh harmonic introduction not as good as when we did the mandalorian but no not at all (laughs) we practiced that one though 
Yes, we'll try. We we'll are try. now going to talk about the Falcon and Winter Soldier. Or should we say Captain America and Winter Soldier? Thank you. Thank Indeed. You. All right. That's where we get to. What did you guys think? You know, quick quick thoughts so that we can kind of get right into the discussion. Um, I can start off real quick. Uh, just I thought it was awesome. I thought the uh, I thought that every single episode of the season was really good, but I thought that the final episode is one of the most impactful pieces of comic book, uh, you know, film I guess that I've seen in a long time. You know, it was a very important one, I believe. Uh, yeah, who who? I'll go next. Go. I thought that as much as I liked Wandavision, this one definitely had the far superior ending. Um, I also, oh no, <laughs> I forgot what I was gonna say. <laughs> oh no, I remember now. I called it. I freaking called it. Uh, what's her name? Sharon. Uh, Agent Carter. Sharon I knew Carter. she Sharon Carter. I I called it Eli. I, I called it. She is the power broker. Uh, we definitely said that on know. a prior episode. I have, I have some thoughts on that. Definitely. Okay. But aside from that, yeah, it was, it was pretty good, especially where the themes were concerned. Uh, it was it was it was in a sense kind of predictable where it was going, but even though it was kind of predictable, I I liked where it went. So. I ought to give Marvel credit for that. So for me, we, we, we have to talk about how we say we, you know, we rate our movies as fairly as we can, but also we definitely rate them with a sense of what we know we're getting, right? Because with Godzilla versus Kong, you know, we knew we were getting a monster movie where two monsters were going to kick the, the crap out of each other. With Mortal Kombat, we knew we were going to get a bunch of dudes killing each other and fatalities and all that stuff. You know what you're getting, so you rate it based on maybe more entertainment value. Falcon and the Winter Soldier sits in a weird place for me because I think that what we were, what they were trying to give us isn't exactly what we got, and I have my opinions for why that happened. Um, to, to make it relatively short now, we can get into it later, there were some political themes that I thought they couldn't expand on enough because of the fact that Disney doesn't want to get too political, okay? And I'll, we'll get to that for sure. Um, for me, also, interesting. I think Very the weird thing is that I didn't like Carly at all. I thought she was a completely flat character. I didn't think she was good as a villain or as a hero or anything, really. I thought John Walker was better, but also, I thought it was a little odd that he got to be the hero so quickly after doing something so heinous like two episodes prior. And I know that that's a, a product of this being only six episodes. But for me, there were a few little uneven things that happened like that. And, you know, there was some great moments in the first like three and a half episodes for me. And I and I know that this is going to be somewhat controversial. I think the last episode kind of fell flat for me. And I can get into why as we get into greater detail later on. But that's kind of my, my short opinion right now. Uh, Walt? Alrighty then. Um, I, I think I've made my my opinion well known that this was this series was probably the thing that I was looking the most forward to in 2021. Um, I, I really had high hopes for Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Um, I'm gonna put my black hat on again. I hope it fits the second time wow, really? because oh. um, I I I was. 
pretty disappointed with how this thing turned out. And and I think I I have I know the reason why. I think six episodes was way too short to provi- to provide, you know, any type of depth depth to the number of themes that they were trying to go for here. I think this could have included easily another one or two more episodes. I actually think you could have taken out a lot of the action from this last episode to focus on those themes. Um, It was kind of disjointed, and I had the sense after episode five that we were going to end up here because episode five still had so many things that were left out in the cybersphere. Um, in terms of wrapping up with this show. Clearly, Marvel has it down pat when it comes to the film universe. I think there's still a little work to be done with the TV side of things. I, I don't think they've quite nailed it with these these two series just yet. Um, I think it's a work in progress. I think there's a lot of positive things that came out of this show but then again, you know, and I, I look at one particular plot point that was brought up in episode, in episode two and then not talked about until episode five. And I think that is one of the failings of the show is that there's too many things going on that didn't it didn't have enough time to flesh out. Fa- Falcon and the Winter Soldier was best when it was a character study, when you were dealing with, you know, the characters, their motivations, and and things of that nature. Um, The action was really secondary to it, but especially in this last episode, that character study took a seat back for the action, and I think it was to the detriment of that episode and the the series as a whole. Um, Eli? Um, I have... You know, basically the same thing. I I felt that a lot of the show was very positive, and I felt that it really like it really exceeded my expectations. Really, um, but and with the last episode, I mean, I felt that that was a great episode. But I felt that for a lot of the villains, mainly the villains like uh, Carly Morgenthau and even Sharon Carter, who isn't necessarily a villain, or maybe. But I felt that there wasn't characters weren't as fleshed out as the main, which it does. It is. It obviously makes sense because we have this whole thing with like the political things and like all of that. But I felt that some of these villains needed to be fleshed out a little bit more, especially Sharon Carter, because the way they put her as the power broker just came just it wasn't. Mm, it's not left field. It's mm, not. It, no, it obviously wasn't left field because we knew that was going to happen. But that she just doesn't doesn't you know, serve her character, especially what we've known about yeah. her in the previous films. It doesn't really make. It doesn't really. But uh, that doesn't really apply. It does though. Well, I mean, when I say that, five years of being on the run—that's going to change a person. But it's it does not. It's not. It's not. It doesn't serve her character because the show didn't really hit on that. Okay. Yeah, there's well, nothing glossed over it. There's nothing to say that she is the power broker. The only reason that you that you could have possibly thought that she was a power there broker were things. 
I mean, maybe it wasn't out there in your face, okay. but there were but, things. No, no, no. What I'm trying to say here is that she doesn't she doesn't fit the character. She's just not a she doesn't seem like a villain at all. And that just doesn't we fit the power broker, at least for me. Yeah. Anyway. Sorry, I, well, I, I think jacked your point there. No, it's fine. I, it's fine. I think the issue I had with Sharon Carter from the get, from the jump, is how come Bucky gets a pardon and she doesn't? Bucky murdered like dozens and dozens of people. She was just like, hey, Cap, you're cool. Cap is fine in America. Everybody's cool with Cap and the Avengers. Why is it just like Sharon Carter who gets like kicked out of the crew? Um, because she really stole the shield. She stole the shield. Yeah. I don't think it's just that either, though. I think it's because no, she know, wanted to clearly, yeah. <laughs> clearly she wanted to become the power broker. She saw an opportunity to become the power broker and she took it. I think the show you know, I I think that like, you know, she doesn't want she clearly didn't even want the pardon either. Like I don't when think she so. came through, she's like, I think the show made made clear that that, that was was the thing that made her jaded that America turned its back on her. To me, I think the show that's, was definitely she is doing a really good job of being a spy agent and making you believe that's her motivation. I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know. know. I because I also don't she think she gets a pardon and the first thing that she does is she calls all her clients to be able to line them up. I have all the secrets. I also don't think that's her. She's a scroll. I'm she's setting up secret invasion. That's not the real Sharon Carter. That's yeah. another thing. Yes, but also that would, that would make more okay. sense. Okay. That would make more sense. Yeah, that's that would no, make more no. sense than the motivation that they gave her. Like, oh, America turned its back on me, and like, it loves all the Avengers and all the other heroes, but me, you know, like, I don't get a pardon, and I'm so sad mm -hmm. about this. Yeah, maybe they hinted that she was supposed to be a like a, a nefarious power broker, but I think that that's kind of speaking to what Walt said. There were too many odd characterizations that didn't, and and Eli said this too. They didn't really bring it to a focus for some of these characters. They were just kind of all over the place. And I think Sharon was one of the best examples on the show. I think that we do have to kind of take in mind that this is a universe that's being built and it's not the last that we're going to see of them. Yeah. Their storylines aren't done. So I think if we, if we haven't, if we keep the expectation of having them fully fleshed out in this one season, as if like, this is the only thing that we're going to get from them, then we're going to be disappointed. Sh I Sharon's think that they were, we got like, what move she's been around for like more than yeah, five years and they haven't fleshed but, her out yeah. at all and she was a major character on the show and you're still not gonna flesh her out that I mean and marvel but they are better I about think that they are though like just because she was a character in captain america it doesn't mean that they they didn't flesh her out then because she was just a character she was just a side piece in this one they 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 set her up for a bigger role as Obviously, it's is she got the end credits scene. You know what I mean. I just think so they set her up for a major done. role now. Well, she wasn't you know? even really set she up. Was, she was a boring character for me from start to finish. So yeah, that's interesting. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't okay. enjoy her or Carly. I thought both of those villains were kind of. So lame. I wanted to kind of. It, it's very interesting. I, I thought you know I thought Carly was a great character and and it's I feel I actually think that like I want like I want to push back. I guess I'm the one that's going to be the odd man out here. Because I kind of want to push back on both of your points. I thought Carly was was a pretty good representation of misguided um, uh, uh, fervor and aggression or whatever it is. And I thought that the I thought that the themes that Marvel um, kind of you know touched on and stuff. I thought that it was done really really well. I thought it was done in a way where it's like. You know, they 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 touched on it. They put it. They did. I felt like they put it at the forefront, without without 
taking away from the fact that this is a superhero show, you know, at the very, you know, at the outside of this, we know that this is a superhero show and a comic book entity, right? If they turn it into uh, a political, you know, thematic kind of show first, then it makes the whole fact that it's a comic book show secondary. And I think that they did the right thing in making sure that we still know that this is an action comic book show before anything else. That's so. that's where, though, see, that to me, that's the biggest area of pushback. And I think, Walt, I think you might agree with me because you were nodding your head when I was saying this earlier. This is Disney trying to have its cake and eat it, too, with these with these themes, because they wanted to kind of introduce, you know, the themes of racism and like American militarism and supremacy of, of, of different kinds. And they like they kind of touch on it, but because Disney doesn't want to ruffle too many feathers, they don't get too deep into it. And what they did instead that I really didn't like about the last episode is instead of of what they did so well in the first two episodes, for me especially, where they showed what the characters were thinking through what they did and through dialogue that wasn't exposition. By the time we got around to the end, you have Cap, because I'm going to call him Cap now. He's Captain America, right? Sam is Captain America. By the end, he's just giving a speech. Like, that was silly to me. Like, that was pure exposition. Really? Yeah, okay. like, why is okay. he giving okay. a speech? Okay. Like, what is that all about? What is that? I, I got weird. Jump, I got to jump in here. I, I really do, because... Um, Wolfie was was pushing back on us. Was Jose was pushing back on Wolfie. I'm going to push back on both of y'all here. Okay. <laughs> oh. I've got three things I got to say. First of all, Carly Morgenthau. I I am going I'm not saying that she's a bad villain. I actually enjoyed her villainous quote unquote in this show. I just don't think they gave her enough time yeah. because again really this is where this is where this is where I like Marvel what they've done with their villains they introduce a villain here whose motivation the reason why she's doing it if you really really think about it makes sense the problem that we have is the way that they go about doing it they did that with Killmonger you can say they did it with Thanos right Again, if you really, really think about how they're thinking, it makes sense. She has almost what you want to say a noble cause. It's the way that she goes about doing it. And again, if we had more episodes where we really dug into that character, it would make sense. Okay. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay. Second, I'm going to go to Jose now. Can I, can I just make a quick point about Carly? Quick. Just to add to I, I'm that. on a roll. I'm on a roll. I'm on a roll. Yeah, I don't want okay. to cut you off. But the, the, the thing that I, that I kind of have an issue with is they had a bunch of instances where they wanted to make the characterization a little bit more complicated. And they had her like crew, the other Flag Smashers, looking at her with doubt whenever she started to get a little too crazy. They never mm-hmm. really explored that. They never right. had like they had like these little conversations, but nobody except for Sam was like, hey, maybe you shouldn't do this. Do it this way. And they always had those moments of doubt with her crew. They never they never did anything with them. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Go ahead with the, with the rest okay. of your point. I'm, I'm going to get back to that point on my third point, And I'm going to mm-hmm. try and make this really, really quick because I know we have a, a whole bunch of other things that we want to get into. Mm-hmm. But the second point is the Disneyfication of this thing. Um, I don't think that the reason that they pushed back is because they don't want to get too political, because if that's the case, you never should have introduced it in the first place. 
I think what it is, again, we're talking about six episodes that they could not flesh this out because there is something innately interesting about Isaiah Bradley's story. And you know what? I'm going to say this right now. If Disney doesn't make an Isaiah Bradley series, then you are missing a huge opportunity to really tell a great story. Okay? Um, I think what it is, again, the short form of this series kind of killed every plot line in this story. Because you introduce Isaiah Bradley, and I know from personal experience, because there was a lot of people that I spoke to about this, everybody was excited about that storyline. And you don't come back to it until episode five. And then in episode six, he does this whole thing where it's like, well, you know what? No, no self-respecting black man would ever got, you know, hold a shield and become Captain America. And in episode six, it was like, okay, that's cool. Which is a total right, thing, but, right? No, no, oh, no, 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 hold on. I'm, I'm not done. I'm not done. I'm not yeah. done. I'm on a roll. Yeah. Right? And, and so that to me is like, you know what? If you had more time with it, you can really play around with that theme. The third thing I want to say is, and this is going to be the last thing, and then you guys can skewer me on what I just said because I know you're dying to, right? That speech that Sam said at the very end was probably one of the most impactful things in the series because you know what? Not only did it show he had the best arc, and he should have. He had the best arc in the story because he went from, you know, being one of these guys where he couldn't even get alone and then having that that interaction with Isaiah Bradley and questioning the whole purpose of Captain America. At the very end, that's that speech shows that he understands that Captain America is not about patriotism. Captain America is about justice and doing the right thing. And I think that speech kind of internalized and brought it out to everybody to understand what Captain America is. And the other point that he made, which I'm going to end with, goes back to Carly Margenthau. When he told that GRC politician, you know what? You keep using these words terrorism, terrorists and thugs and things like that. What do you think they think of you? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, man. Okay, right? You guys thought it was over, right? I told you. I told you I was going to put on my black hat on this one. You guys thought it was over, right? No, it's not over. I'm going to push back on all of (laughs) y'all. Carly Morgenthau. I hated her character. I just plain out hated her. Awful character. For the reasons that you guys said, but it's a little bit different because I felt that she had no motivation. Towards the, hold on, hold on. What? Hear me out. I can't agree Hear with me that. Out. Hear me out. That I can't Hear me agree out. With. Okay. Because I felt that at the beginning, she sort of had a noble cause. No, she did have a noble cause, but towards the end, she sort of lost track of it. And I felt that but, that that. But that's no what happens with a lot of those causes. Though. Really that's what happens though. with a lot of causes. She was and literally, I, think, I don't know, she was literally more donating supplies a week before, and then she murdered a bunch of innocent people. I like it's not characterized she, really well. But I think she was more radicalized. And then then she talked about how she didn't have Sam. Hold on, guys. Hold on, guys. Hold on. Let's not talk over each other. I'm sorry. I'm just going to say this. I think she became more radicalized when she had that interaction with Sam and got interrupted by John Walker. Because I think at that point, she was kind of coming back toward the fold and was betrayed at that moment. And that made her further radicalized. So I I see where 
she went off the rails because it was that particular moment. I felt that she had no motivation because, like, she lost track of it. But that should have been fleshed out. That should have been and fleshed right. out. And, and she that's wasn't why we needed out. more episodes. No, no, how is she? No, no, so, so, how is she so a relatable character? She never doubts the evil things that she does, except when she talks to Sam. Every other thing she right, does, it's relatable super to who, sure though. about it's, how it's relatable. It's relatable to who. That's the issue, right? Because I want to push back on all that stuff, and I guess this is going to be just a whole pushback <laughs> segment. But <laughs> well, see, here's the right. thing, right? All right, but the, hold on, I, I I gotta step in because there's there's too many points that are kind of you know more or less the same, and it's that they weren't fleshed out. I think that like for example. When you said that, like, we saw her coming coming back to the fold when Sam was talking to her and stuff like that, and then they got interrupted, that is an example and representation of what they want to show, that, like, hey, if you listen to them, maybe you can get them to to kind of come to your side. I agree. And because we don't listen and because we don't give them a chance is how they become radicalized. Yep. I think that we didn't see her develop into that and just get radicalized as a representation of what happens when we don't listen. And at the end, it just keeps turning into that, right? It, or rather, it keeps kind of kind of getting pushed more to that line to the point that she ends up dying when she didn't need to die, you know? And then to that point is why we have, why I think that it was great that, that, that Sam had that speech because it goes to show like, hey, everybody just stop and talk to each other. Yeah, I agree. Let's stop fighting. That's why I think that the speech was was good and it was and and the speech was more on the on the sense of hey like like I understand that you don't understand our plight, you know? But if you just stop for a moment and listen, maybe we can kind of come to an accord uh, to uh-huh. to an agreement. And the biggest thing. issue, the other thing too is that Sam is is showing that like I think that the whole representation, the whole theme of the show is that, especially with his conversation with Isaiah, Isaiah Bradley and, and his whole thing, like when he said, you know, if I was in his shoes, I'd probably think the same way too, too. but that doesn't mean that's how I'm going to do it. He chose to go about it a different way to show that like what you went through is not to be diminished, but how we're going about it doesn't make it right either. You know, there's a third option, you know, and I think that that's kind of the message. And that's why I don't think that Disney was just trying to touch on it. I think that Disney was trying to create a conversation and allow the fans, us, to speak about it and not tell us what to think. And that's why I thought that was pretty good. Well, here's why it's pure exposition to me. Uh, And I'm sorry, Eli, I cut you off. I'll let you go. Nice. Look, the, the, the problem that I had, well, I'm going to go back to Carly and then I'm going to leave her alone because we, we've been picking on her. But again, I have to say, <laughs> yeah, when, when, when your character says half a dozen times that you don't want to hurt innocent people, you just want to hurt the people who did this to you, the governments, the GRC, and all you do is kill innocent people, the characterization is off. It's not even saying that like she's accidentally doing these things or she's confused. She willingly and knowingly kills innocent people when she constantly says that that's not what she wants to do. I can see that being a good disconnect if written a little better. When as written here, I thought it was eminently poor. This the now the speech was well written, but completely out of place in my opinion you know what i was thinking when i was watching that speech i was thinking rocky four if i can change and you can change then anybody can change and that is not a good comparison to make for this movie for my in my opinion 
because that yeah, that yeah. moment was cool, but it 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 was you know it was also played in a very different way thematically than this show was. So for me, especially when again you look at the first couple of episodes where everything is done through situations that the character is put in. For instance, you talk about Sam being at that bank and trying to get that loan. That was an exposition. That was really well well written and excellent writing. But when you have to hammer every theme and every lesson of the show into one final speech, I'm sorry. I'm done right there. You can't do that to me. That's pure exposition. As No matter how cool the speech sounds, no matter how great the themes are, no matter how ri- well written the actual dialogue is, pure exposition at that point. And it is a product but of Walter saying... They didn't have enough time. They just didn't have enough time. I don't know. And then it's a f- I don't, I don't know. I, I'm going to send it to Eli real quick. But see, the thing is, I don't I don't necessarily agree with that because sometimes you have to throw it into people's faces in order to, you know, get the message direct. It's cool to have just a piece that's like, hey, let's let's break for a moment and speak to, directly to the audience, basically, because the, the next the next step would have been to, like, just break the fourth wall and speak directly, which would have been cool, too. I don't know. But yeah. I don't I, I don't, like I don't disagree that with technique. that. Technique. So, Can I, I just say it was one? bad in Wonder Woman and basically mm-hmm. everywhere else where the character just does a final speech that makes everybody figure out what's what's good in life or all that. I'm stuff. just going to say one thing and then that's not how real life works. I'm going to say mm-hmm. one thing and then Eli's going to jump in. Mm-hmm. I think the you're talking about exposition to the audience. There was also another audience that was watching that, and that was the audience of the MCU. And I think that's important to understand that he's saying, you know what? I'm a black man. I'm Captain America. I know, and he even mentioned it. I know the stairs are coming, but you got to listen to my words because this is what I'm going to represent Eli. What do you want to say about that? But I I get that you wanna you wanna like put that theme out there, but like at the same time, it's like I I have to agree with Uncle Jose honestly because it's just so out of place. Why would you start that in the middle of of in a, in the middle of after you just like fought some bad guys and stuff? And it just seems so really out of place for you to just start lecturing people. And I get it. I I love the speech. I so I so agree with it, and I really, really, really agree with it. But it was just the wrong place and the wrong time. But it was also sort of the right place yeah, and the right time. The but it was sort of out of place. But he maybe has a camera in his face. Maybe he could and have he done it in a speech afterwards. Yes, in where a they speech made afterwards. him Captain America officially. Yes, that would have been much but better. But I, I don't think I don't think they would actually make him officially Captain America. But maybe not. It's still, but they it also agreed with everything else that. he said at the end of the movie. So that's but why I the characterization doesn't work. They were like, your ideas are all wonderful and all great, but we're not going to make you black Captain America, even though we agree with everything you say. And you I, don't save see, the world. I don't see a ceremony um, the way that John Walker got where they're rolling him out as Captain America, because you know what? He wasn't sanctioned by them. He kind of stole again. He stole the shield, right? He took it from John Walker. I don't yeah. see that a ceremony. <laughs> yeah, but I don't see a ceremony where the U.S. government is going to say, hey, this is now our new Captain America. I and, just don't see that coming. And that's a product of not fleshing out because there's not enough Thank time. You. Thank you. Again, 
this should have been an eight. The question is, is that necessary, though? The question is that necessary. I don't think that Captain America should be a government symbol. That's the thing. And that's the point. I agree. agree. But that's what I'm and and, but that's what I'm saying. You know, we're saying, well, but I think that's the message. He could have had another speech at any other time. No, I don't think that's possible. I think he took the opportunity with a camera in his face to say what he had to say, because most likely he's not going to get that opportunity any other way. It's, mm. He's not gonna have a press conference. He's not gonna. So really forced. This was the me. time for him to say oh, what he had to say. Felt really forced to me. I don't know. I just AJ, I can't get think? over it. Well, yeah, I I honestly kind of agree. Uh, With who? I'm gonna echo a lot of what you guys said already. Uh, the government certainly isn't going to be okay with it. They clearly went with John Walker for a reason. They took the shield from him for a reason. Or, or rather, he quote-unquote offered it up, but come on. They, they took it, it from Yeah, they were asking for it. Yeah. And so that, again, the circumstances were there. People were paying attention to him right at that moment. Not only the people that are supposed to look up to him, but the people that matter, the people who are going to make those decisions eventually. It's not very often that guys like Captain America are face-to-face with those people. It's not. So that was like the literal perfect circumstance for him to go off on that very, very in-depth, very, you know, the, the, the very meaningful rant. T'Challa has a platform, and he used it. Sam Wilson does not. Yeah. So I don't know. when you have to tell everybody the themes of the back. show at the end, I think that's bad. I really can't get over know. it. You, you can't summarize the themes of a show and expect that to be good writing. I think that's awful writing. But it's not. I don't think I, it's awful. You know, I, I don't think. See, that's the thing. Like, you're looking at it purely from a film standpoint. I look at it purely as a let me get a message directly across to people that are paying attention right here and right now. Yep. Look. You know, like if I have that, like, okay, MCU has a platform. It's their Disney Plus service, right? Okay. What what better way than to use it to like speak directly to to everybody watching as opposed to fleshing it out? Because what if what if people don't watch the whole series? What if people don't come to the series after finding out that like, hey, this whole thing is about just uh, these themes? But right? They knew that from episode as one. Opposed- though. Everybody knew that. They were complaining about that from episode I, one. I one, understand that. I understand that. I understand that. But you know, when you if you drill it down to like just this one moment that you know everybody's going to be watching. Okay, why not take that opportunity? That's why I don't think it's, it's that doesn't make I don't think that it's sense. wrong and I don't think it's bad no, writing. If people aren't going to finish the show. How are they going to get to this moment? That doesn't make any sense if you think about it. If they're not going to finish make, it, they're never going to get to the episode six where they get to see this speech and get to see I just the completely disagree that like the speech is that the speech is bad and misplaced. I think that like I think that it was I think it was probably the most one of the most heartfelt moments that and the moment that we saw Isaiah Bradley getting honored in the museum oh my god yeah. that, oh, was, that, that was that was I mean that almost brought that, that was a good that moment. brought tears yeah I got emotional yeah. that was a better moment yeah. I don't know yeah. I can't I can't get on a summary in the final few minutes it's just not going to work for me I mean I, I know you guys you have your opinion but summarizing that stuff in the end is regardless of what your your point is if your point is to is to make a, st- a political statement, then just make the whole show a political statement. Don't wait until the last episode to to but really drive that point. But home. they didn't the make show. they didn't 
Yeah, Eli. Eli's probably gonna say exactly what I'm thinking. The whole show was basically trying to trying to uh, get that message across. Because exactly. It was it was like with uh, shoot. That's my point though. I just Isaiah lost Bradley. it. Yeah, Isaiah Bradley, right? That that whole thing, that whole connection between Isaiah Bradley and Falcon was like, or should I I should say Captain America, right? That whole connection was to build up to where he had to stand up and fight against uh, supremacy and stuff and all of that, right? So it wasn't necessarily at the last minute. This has been going on since the very beginning of the show. The way I look at it, if this is if each episode is a word in a sentence, this is a six word sentence with an with that speech being the exclamation mark. Yeah, that's the way I look at it. Um, but. I think that we should, you know, any final thoughts, rating, uh, rating on the whole season, I'm assuming. Yes. Is that what we're doing? Yeah, yeah. We, we can do that. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's that. a good idea. Who wants All to right. go first? Who wants to start? Um, okay. None of us. <laughs> Do we get a little yeah, too serious? You know, it's it's you know what it is? It's a difficult show to rate because of the unevenness of it. Um, you know, like I said, I, I was probably the most uh, excited for the show and I, I feel a little let down um, in terms of, of how the show went. You know, there there were some really, really high points and, you know, I think the transformation from Sam Wilson becoming, going from the Falcon and, and having that epiphany of what it is to be Captain America, I think that was very, very well done. Um, I think... It was a high point of the series. But John Walker, his change to U.S. agent, and, and listen, I, I have to mention this, um, how weird that from episode one to five, everybody hated this guy. And then episode six was like, yay, he's U.S. agent. Woohoo! Very, very strange how, how the internet works, right? Hanging out with Elaine from Seinfeld. Yeah, it's really, really weird. And you know what? I, I'm going to say one thing about Elaine from Seinfeld, um, Countess Valenta, whatever, blah, 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 do, da, 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 whatever her name is. I've never heard of her. Val. I think, and this is where the pandemic kind of, you know, killed it for me. Because remember, Black Widow was supposed to come out before uh, Winter Soldier. I mean, uh, uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And she was supposed to be introduced in that movie first. I wonder if the impact would have been different if we did see it in that, you know, that order. I think it would. Um, because then we would really see what she's all about instead of trying to figure out what the heck she's doing with U.S. Agent. Um, but like I said, Carly Morgenthau, uh, a character that, I, in my opinion, should have been fleshed out better. John Walker, another guy who probably should have been fleshed out a little bit better, especially in those final moments, because that turn didn't make sense for me. Um, Bucky, as good as he was in this show, was relegated to the background for a lot of it. Um, so, th like I said, there's there's a lot of unevenness in this show for me, and that's why I say I think Marvel and Disney still has a way to go in terms of the TV series and nailing that down. So for me, I'm going to give it a solid seven. I wish it was higher, but I can't go any further than that. Um, I'm probably going to be the uh, other end of the spectrum a little bit 
from Walt, and it seems like everyone else's, uh, you know, kind of outlook. I thought that the show was really, really well done because the way that I looked at it is each character's development and reason for being in the show was very different from everyone else's. Um, you know, for me, Sam, Sam's whole arc is understanding his role in the world, you know, after, you know, after Cap is gone, um, after, you know, being a black man in this world, being a black symbol in this world and being a role model, you know, he went from like, you know, not understanding why he was given the shield to understanding why he should take the responsibility. He went from uh, understanding his roots and his past and the plight of his people to looking at it from a different perspective or what to do, you know, not necessarily join, like joining in on their cause, but not joining in, in their method. Um, I thought that uh, um, that Bucky's whole thing with the show was basically paying penance and understanding that he doesn't have to live in his nightmare, you know, which is basically the whole thing, which is something that I think that a lot of that a lot of people in in military in the service, people that have like done bad things that now have to, you know, try to try to live with themselves, you know, through therapy and stuff. I thought that that was a great, you know, representation of what they go through and how they have to how they should deal with it, you know, showing that like therapy isn't a bad thing. You know, a lot of people still have like the stigma of like, you know, therapy, I don't need therapy and all that stuff. And I think that that's something that's huge. Um, but it's also therapy is something that's done kind of in the background. Um, and I think that it was, you know, and, and also let's not forget that it's the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, not the Winter Soldier and the Falcon, you know. So um, and, you know, there were setups for everyone else. I think that like the whole U.S. agent thing is a perfect representation of how like our government uses the the some people in the military in the wrong way right he's done something really really bad but some parts of our government and maybe our you know more clandestine services are like well this is an asset that we can manipulate you know and he won't realize he just thinks that we're giving him something great you know um so i think that there's there's plenty of things that are done to set up the rest and i enjoyed it um i enjoyed every single episode thoroughly and I enjoyed the message overall as well. Um, I particularly enjoyed the message of like, hey, I understand you. I hear you. And I would do I would feel exactly how you feel. But there are other ways to go about solving these issues. And that's, I think, what the overall message is for me. Um, I give the show a nine out of ten. Um, yes, I would like more, but I didn't find anything wrong with anything that I saw. At no point that I feel like, oh, this this episode kind of sucked, uh, like you know, whatever. Yeah, I I just didn't think anything was particularly bad about it. So, okay, uh, yeah. So you, oh, have... I, actually, I was gonna throw it to Jose oh, first, okay. and then AJ Eli. I want you guys to close it up. Uh, okay, so I kind of gave my my thoughts as to why I think there's a lot of problems with the way that the show was written in the end. Some of it is just not really good writing, in my opinion. Some of it was lack of time. So I, I was going to give this actually a six. I'm going to give it a six and a half because I want to watch it again and see if something's wrong with the way that I'm that I'm looking at this. But I'll give you another example of why I don't get that point at the end, because I really have to harp on it. It kind of ruined the show for me. I have to say that's how bad it was for me. If you, you got to look at it this way. If you, you guys say that they're not going to give him the shield, they're not going to make him cap officially. 
why did they honor Isaiah Bradley then? Wouldn't they do the same thing to him? Wouldn't they say, like, you're not important, we don't care about you, you were cap at some point, but you're a black man, and we're not going to give you that recognition? It's the same thing. It's inconsistent there. That's another huge inconsistency. He would, he and, and, and again, they listened to him for basically how to run the world. The, he said all these things in that speech. He said, you should do this instead of this. You should repatriate people in this way. They listened to him on how to run the entire friggin' world, and they're not going to give him, they're not going to give him the respect of making him cap. To me, that's, that's nonsense. That's bad writing right there. Because again, you have the respect for, for his opinion on Isaiah Bradley. You have the respect for his opinion on how the entire world should be run, but he's not cap for you. No, that's, that's really poor writing in my opinion. And that's why that exposition fails on every level for me. Um, there's another reason why the exposition fails too, because, because, and here's another thing that kind of doesn't work and where the characterization, and the themes get problematic. Okay. Because like, we talked about John Walker, basically killing somebody in broad daylight and getting away with it. There was a clear allegory that they were trying to put in there. Okay. The allegory was the same as like, you know, African-American men getting killed by the police and it being caught on camera. And that being something that we could actually perhaps have consequences for now. And then again, nothing happens to this guy that kills somebody on camera in front of thousands of people and, and, and they just let him get away with it and become a hero. How is that not problematic thematically? Really problematic in this day and age. That's, that's very problematic. And again, I think bad writing. And I'll say this much, just to, to put it out there, I am going to watch it again, but I'm saying these things basically having watched it twice because I, I would watch it the first time and then I'll watch it again with Claire, with my girlfriend. I'll watch the episode again. So I'm saying these things not having watched it once and maybe not understanding what I'm seeing. I don't think this is after watching it twice and I still find those things problematic. So to me, it's really hard to write your way out of those issues and the show fell apart as a result, it was going to get maybe a seven and a half or an eight before the last two episodes, really. And then the last two episodes for me had great moments. Don't get me wrong. There are some great moments in those episodes, but it just falls apart entirely in terms of making sense to me in those last two episodes. So, uh, yeah. AJ. So I'm just, I, 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 upon hearing that, I, I want to beat back against two things before I give my rating. And it'll, again, anyway. So with regard to the whole, his input on, like, how to run the world, okay, that's understandable. But, I mean, at that point, he started to become an icon. And, well, when you grow to be as big and as popular as that, you can't exactly ignore him entirely. But you can still not do certain things intentionally. In order to Captain America, again, I still think that that's not well accurate. They ignored Captain America and all these other people who saved the world. But okay, I I just want to. I'm sorry to interrupt here, and but I I really just need to talk about this, right? Um, it's not his property though. It's the shield isn't Falcon's property. I mean, well, uh, it's not the government's either. I mean, it's it's um, sorry. It's not the government's property, and that's mm-hmm. the reason why they're not, uh, I guess, inaugurating him as Captain America, and that's why they're not giving him the 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 celebratory and all that 
that he deserves and all they that. gave it sharon carter a public pardon i could find a million reasons why that doesn't make sense they gave her a public press conference for her pardon none of this makes her sense if you look back. at it and gave her yeah, old job back with the quickness they didn't even check what she was doing over the last few years or anything <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't see it working. Like, there's too many holes if you look at how characters act in other situations and then treat characters differently for no discernible reason in the writing, just because that's how they have to move the plot forward. All right. The other point I wanted to bring up was the way they dealt with John Walker. Mm-hmm. In reality, honestly, that's kind of what would happen in in modern that's been what's happening in modern day sure he killed someone on camera and sure he did get a slap on the hand but that's all he got was a slap on the hand and that's honestly what happens out there in the world already yeah so that's not that's not too far-fetched of a thing in my opinion that, that's another one of those oh that's where we're going to point this out, you know. Yeah, and, and Bucky and, and Sam had no issue working with him at the very yeah, end. Yeah, they made him a freaking, they made him a hero well, yeah, that, after that he that murdered somebody with a shield. That's a lot. That's, again, that's weird to me. I got to yeah. point out these holes because that's odd. Go ahead. And so just to wrap it up, uh, again, I, I'm, I'm going to be in the middle on this. I enjoyed it a lot. I enjoyed a lot of what the show had to say, but it really did need that extra time um, that just to put it in a bun. I'm going to give it an eight. I wanted to give it a 7.5, but for me, the ending really kind of, I, I, I kind of disagree. I, I really like how they just put it in a nice little bow. So yeah. oh. what about you, Eli? Here we go. Oh God. The corn meter is out. I can't stop smiling. Stop looking at me like that. I can't stop smiling. The corn meter is coming out. Okay, okay. I'm just going to be completely honest here. It was good. The politics, uh, I think, the message was really, really, really reinforced and sent uh, through. And um, I felt that they did it well. Yes, there were some plot points, and I felt that that needed extra time to be fixed and worked on. But all in all, it was a great show. And is nobody going to talk about freaking Zemo? I was going to say the same thing, actually. He's we did mention Zemo. Highlight. We, we did Zemo was good. Zemo. Zemo was amazing. And I felt that, well, here's the thing, I felt that his character was like a little bit cut short. At least Especially in my that opinion, last, right? that last episode. Yeah. Well, I mean, he wasn't. And he was in jail. Yeah. You, he wasn't even like a centerfold villain, though, either. I know, I know. And I, I just felt that, I just wanted him. Uh, to be there a little bit more, yeah, but the villains. I understand what you're saying. Zemo's Alfred, though. I wish I wish Come he on. were pulling some. <laughs> Zemo's <laughs> Alfred, though. You got to give him props. Zemo's Alfred was awesome that last episode. <laughs> Alfred, wait, what? The the his his main guy, his yeah. butler, his butler on the plane. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Who, who yeah. done blowed up the remaining super soldiers? Yeah, <laughs> which again was a weird a weird. Oh shoot! I didn't even to. realize that was his butler. Yes. Yeah, that was his butler. Oh that's what, shoot! That's they showed Zemo afterwards, and he was like, <laughs> "I've killed everybody." But again, see, that's that's kind of the problem because we get that as an afterthought, as a, as opposed to you know a little bit more on what happened. I would have loved. I would have loved to know? see more agency from Zemo. 
him yeah, more involved totally. than what happened in the plot. Maybe. Two more episodes would have done that. Yes. <laughs> Whatever. Eli, um, continue, please. Mm-hmm. I hated the villains. I just absolutely hated them yeah. all out. Um, Except for Baron Zemo. They, well, Baron Zemo I mean, he was, wasn't entirely he wasn't a villain. Even really he wasn't a really villain, a villain. But, uh... Whatever. Uh, What's your rating? 6.5 out of 10. Okay. It's not so entirely bad. Yeah, we're all about we're all in about the same place. Well, yeah. Me and Eli are a little lower. You guys are about a seven and a half, eight, right? With a nine. I, I think I was a seven, if I remember correctly. And but I'm the only one that's truly in the middle. Yeah, seven, eight, nine, exactly. Seven, eight, nine. Yeah. You know, you know what? I just wanted to really just say something. I th- mm-hmm. I agree with what you say. It's just that I feel that it's not a matter of poor writing. And I just, you know, it's, it's the time and stuff. Yeah. Which which aspect is not poor writing? All, I guess everything. Or just in general. Yeah, yeah, just in general, except for like the whole thing with Walker and. Uh, I think the consensus, <laughs> except for maybe Wolfie, um, is that this uh, series would have benefited more from a little bit more runtime. One hundred percent. I think that's where we are. Yeah. I All right. So. With that being said, we're wrapping up this episode. I thought this was an awesome episode. We got to talk about Mortal Kombat, and we also talk, we got to talk about uh, Captain America and the Winter Soldier. So that being said, Jose, take us out, man. All right, exactly. (laughs) Thanks, everybody, for joining us for our episode of Mortal Kombat and the Falcon and the Winter Winter Soldier, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, Everybody, we really enjoyed this episode. We thought that it was a great time. Um, So please, please, uh, definitely check us out on future episodes. You know, the best way to do that is to like, rate, share, and subscribe to the Get Geek Podcast. So please do that as noted before we were recording remotely this week so any sound issues or artifacts please let us know you can reach us out to us at on instagram at get geek podcast and you can find us on all your favorite social media platforms at get geek podcast check it out look us up also check out uh last week's episode where we talked about cyberpunk 2077 and we basically talked about how we think about it several months after its release and check out our gaming channels. We have a Twitch now, Get Geek Gaming. Check out our YouTube. It's also Get Geek Gaming. We are going to be doing a live stream of Cyberpunk 2077. We did one actually a few days ago. We're going to do another one, me and Eli. So, yeah, check it out. Get Geek Gaming. We're going to be adding some more to our geek cred there. So, y'all, please, please, please check it out. And from there, I guess I really only have one last thing left to say. And that is Stay Geeky, my friends. It is no longer Falcon, but Captain America. Captain America, <laughs> Captain America, Captain America and, the Captain. Burns. and the Bucky Barnes. And the Bucky Barnes. Hell, Hydra. 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 <gasps> Hydra.